the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.comer on weei.com. Instant reactions. Patriots 45 7 win over the Browns. Another blowout win and another podcast that I don't know we have much negative stuff to get to. Yeah, no, this should be. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you'll find stuff because you tend to. No, we both, we both no, do. I- yeah, but I, like even after this game, it's it's hard to find. Like your thumbs down, how hard was that to do during the game? Yeah, well, and I mean, Isaiah Wynn may have somewhat unfairly been included for like a couple bad plays, like because it was so good. Like I saw um, the Patriots.com post game show. They have this fan who's like a cartoon artist, and he put out a little cartoon that was the Eiffel Tower, the Empire State Building the list of positives from the Patriots game, like all being the same length or height. And that's like, that's the, it was a really good game. Now, if I were nitpicking, I'd probably nitpick some of the Browns and decisions and, you know, Baker Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski are stamping a certain image in my brain that I'll have, like people can tell me he's a good coach or a good quarterback. I have certain things taken out of this game, the last Browns game for Baker that, will forever make them make me think of them in a certain way. But from a Patriots perspective, to me, this was about, and I wrote about it, obviously, that's why I wrote about it. This was Mac's um, coming out party, or, you know, as I wrote it, you won because of Mac. And there was a lot great. I mean, offense, defense, playmakers, whatever. But to me, the way the game started, the Browns drove the ball right down your throat, go up seven, nothing. You get the ball back at whatever the 17, not great field position. You end up with like a third and eight, I think. That's a um, that's a fork in the road for the game. You you miss that, you punt, all of a sudden the Browns get it. Maybe they go up 10-0 because you're punting from you know the end zone, basically, the goal line. Uh that think boom, first down, Hunter Henry. Okay, another third down, boom, first down, Jacoby Myers. Ooh, now we're rolling. Touchdown. Now everything, and then turnover, touchdown. Matt kept making plays, kept taking advantage of opportunities that were given to him, but also, I mean, you and I talked about it. I mean, we also don't know whether they had three or four drives of 90 yards, depending on whether you go gross yards, net yards, whatever. But third and long, long fields, crunch time. Oh, by the way, against the number three defense in the NFL, the number two pass rush, Miles Garrett, Ward, like, I don't know how you could not be impressed with what Mac Jones did. And I, actually, I do know how you could not really. You looked at the stat sheet and didn't watch the game. And you say, well, he only threw the ball 23 times. And, you know, he only threw for 200 yards. But you didn't watch the game then. Because if you didn't come away from this thinking Mac is deserved. And I don't even understand because to me, Mac has gotten a lot of praise. There's few and far between the Wiggies, the Chris Gaspers, the people that don't think Mac is good or he's over. And I don't even know where they come from. I don't know if it's tied into Cam versus Mac and a whole storyline narrative there or a bias. But to me, he gets love from everybody and he should be getting more love because after that little lull of a couple games where, you know, he talked about it, Josh talked about it, he wasn't great. But this was a balls performance. Christian Fourier, for the record, He's not hitting the rookie wall. He didn't have his dumpster fire game. He had his coming out party. I would agree with that. And I think for the first time 
this year you could point to throws in the game that were like, that was a really good throw. Or like that, oh, yeah. that was like Mac Jones, like made that play happen. Countless throws, the boring yep. touchdown, the Hunter Henry play up the sideline. Um, he was really, really good. And especially in the third down, like, I think that when you look at the stat sheet and break down his performance, I think he started the game like five for five or six for six on third down passing for 80 something yards. Like that's, that's pretty damn good. And like you said, against a good Browns defense with a good pass rush. And I think we should also lump Josh McDaniels into this thing too. He, he called a great game. This is his best game of the year. I thought he did a good job um, countering the Browns aggressive defense. Like there was the one, I think it was the, they're down by the goal line early in the game where Mac got sacked, I think. And then it was third and 13 great screen call Brandon Bolden first down. Like, I think that was, a good all-around game from Mac and and Josh too, which shows they're in sync. Yeah, no question. Um, a couple of days after Bill Belichick compares McDaniel's to Saban and you know how great he is, everything he does well. I thought he Josh had a great game. I don't I don't know how the haters could come up with much from this game to criticize Josh McDaniel's for. The one thing I would say, sort of the duo, because they both have a role in it. And you're right, they third down was awesome early on and a lot of them were like third and six or longer some of them yeah it was not like third and two third and three it was third and five plus and not a great way to play I wouldn't advise you know planning on being able to do that every week and and that being a uh, a real uh, appropriate attack if you want to uh, keep winning but they did it they got it done and to me that's that all boils back to Mac like Josh had a great game but Mac executed it Mac was borderline perfect um and I think some of it is obviously it has to be added comfort, right? Like Josh, Mac together, like you're right. I mean, I don't know if they make some of those throws earlier in the year, bigger plays, you know, 20 yards downfield. And the efficiency was the other thing. Like you look at it four for four to Bourne, four for four to Myers, four for four to Henry, four for five for Stevenson. Okay. That's short three for three for Bolden again, short, like, that's that's an efficient passing attack. And again, not against like some Jets. slouch, embarrassing, you know, all rookie free agents defense or anything like that against a, a legitimate NFL defense. So, um, yeah, as those two come together and we've talked about this, like the process, whatever it is of McDaniels and, and Mac and what you can put on his plate, what you're expecting from him. I wonder, like Josh won't won't answer, honestly, Mac won't answer, but I wonder like, are they all in? Like, I know Josh, I think last week made the comment, like, he's not a rookie anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like, but are they truly, like, honestly just all in? Like, down the field, whatever. Like, nothing like, in the playbook is off limits. He's not, like, colored. yeah. the training wheels are off. Like, everything's right. on the table. The, every play is on is able to be run at any point in the game. Yeah, Right. It certainly feels like that. It feels, you're right. Earlier in the year, there are some third down plays I think were very conservative. Like, I don't think Josh wanted to put Mac in situations where he could fail. And I think now that's changed. Yeah, no, I, I think there were times early this year where it was like, you know, punt's not the worst thing here. You know, if we punt, we'll, we'll live to fight another play. Whereas now I think it's more the approach is to get the first down every time the, the approach is to stay on the field every time. And I think that's benefiting them that little bit more aggressive, a little bit more um, efficient offense. And it'll be interesting. I mean, maybe Mac falls on his face, you know, short week, bad preparation week, who knows, maybe there's a stumble still coming. Cause we, I do still believe he's a rookie quarterback and 
that going to, he's going to have a game where he throws right. two, three picks. Yes. I mean, hell, it happens to veterans. It happens, you know, Brady oh, throws two Tom picks. Brady has those games. Right. And then you're arguing, was it the receiver's fault? Was it the quarterback's fault? Doesn't matter whose fault it was. You just had a multi-pick game that contributed to a loss. So I'm not saying Mac is perfect, but he had a pretty close to perfect performance and you, you blew the Browns out because of it. Now, the flip side, I will, I'm becoming more and more of a believer. Um, and this is more of a general talk. Like the NFL's mediocre. Everybody's mediocre. And I looked at it. I tweeted this out. Only the Titans have a longer winning streak than the Patriots. Only five teams in the NFL have a winning streak of two games, like have won consecutive weeks. Like there's a lot of win-loss, win-loss, mediocrity, parity, whatever you want to call it. And with that fine line of winning and losing, you get to, I call them butterfly effect points where in a game, you know, it can go one or two ways. And that first third down, for example, you punt there, the Browns, whatever. Or the Browns decision, A, Baker throws a hideous pick that swings. Baker Mayfield stinks. Uh, yes, and that's what I was sort of referencing earlier. In my mind, like I can watch highlights next week. I don't know who they play. I'll watch highlights next week, and he might have, you know, 32 of 38 for X. Now he stinks. <laughs> In my mind, he made I a wouldn't throw earlier in the game. I think I just blur out loud. He stinks. I, I wouldn't sign him. I like we talked about it in the press box watching it. Like the Browns have to make a decision on him. I wouldn't sign him. I, like I know you can do worse. I agree with that but you can do better. You're never going to win with him. In my opinion, you will never get to You'll be competitive. Like, You'll win some games, still lose right. some games. You'll be in the playoff mix, but I don't think he's the never. answer long-term. No, you'll never win those three games in a row in January against good teams and good defenses and all that with Baker Mayfield. I've, I've come to really believe that. Um, what are we talking about? Oh, me- the mediocrity, like the Browns put their running game away. That's why I put some of it on Stefanski. They run the ball in dominant fashion on that opening drive. Four it was carries the most, most rushing yards for one single player on the opening drive in the Bill Belichick era allowed. Like that was, it was historic. And then they just went away from it. Yeah. And yeah, then they're like in empty shotgun, no huddle. Okay. You're overthinking yourself. You have an offensive line that you pay a crap load to it. You just re-signed you half re-signed of it. signed both of them. Yeah. Two of them, yeah. Like it just worked as, as well as possible. And I know... The Patriots say, wow, we changed some things personnel-wise and we didn't get caught in pack sub. Yeah, they put it away. They stopped. Mm-hmm. They, and that's a Stefanski thing that I'll never under understand, like overthinking it. And I know some people were talking about, did they get to the end of their script and scripted plays? Whatever. Even if you run it again. To me, that's more reason. More reason. You know, like, hey, uh, what, what do you guys think's working today? Oh, oh, the 20-yard runs that we're getting every time we hand it to Johns? Should right. we keep doing that? Yeah, yeah. You guys think like that would be Bill on the sideline going to Josh? Yeah, Josh. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, no sh- crap, coaches. Like it was obvious they went, they overthought it. They went in the other direction and they got their asses whooped because of it. Um, some of the defensive numbers, like we, the offense was great defensively. They Browns didn't convert a third down until midway late. In the game. Yeah, like defense was good. Pass rush was good. Coverage was good. The, the whole thing. If you made a stretch, away- the Patriots defense after the opening drive, I think it was the next four or five drives. The Browns average 1.82 yards a play. Yeah. It, it like you can't take, and I'm, that's not all the Browns stopped running or Stefanski. Like that's Patriots, um, Judon, Barmore, those, you know, JC Jack, like those guys were, were good. Like the, the defense was really good. Um, Barmore, I was just looking it up before we came on. 
another game where just his snaps continue to go up. I think he was up like 76. Yeah. 76. He's turning into a three down lineman, which I think is unusual for a Bill Belichick defense. At the, but like, but look at him. We talked about it. He looks like Richard Seymour. He's he's that he should be a three down lineman. He's he's a better because they've made um over the last few years, Dietrich Wise has kind of been in that role because he's the big, long, strong, mm-hmm. like he can do all that stuff, but Barmore is wise times four or whatever. And then Wise has been good too. I, I don't want to dismiss Wise. Um, very active actually yesterday. Sack. Um talk probably in the passer call. I don't know what yeah. he's supposed to do there. I think that I don't, I hate that call, but I think the way they call it, that is one. Like, I would agree. Kinda, it's one of the like, to the ground, yeah. on, even though he kind of tried to do the like throw your hands up and roll off. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's going to get called in today's end, especially if you look across the league, some of the other crappy roughing passes. Such a quarterback, it's penalty. Right. Um, but no, that defensive front is good. Um, Bentley, I think, might have had one of his better games. He's solid. Yep. Yeah. So, um, as Bill would say, this was a good, well-rounded team victory, like complimentary football. And that's how you end up with these. I think Mac was the one who said like, you know, that's, you know, the offense scores, the defense gets the ball back, good field position, blah, blah, blah. That's how you score a lot of points. Well, yeah, that is sort of the formula, but it was a good win. What did, um, what did you think? Hunter Henry, I think he deserves more credit than he's getting like seven touchdowns in seven games. You a legitimate red zone threat. Him and Mac have some solid chemistry thing going. Like, I think he, I don't want to say he's exceeding expectations, but he kind of starting is to. <laughs> um, see, I think he's, I think he's kind of living up to his contract and living up to his resume. Like, but they, but they over, they expect him to do more. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, like, I think he's, and part of what makes him look good is how bad John o. Smith has been. That's like, certainly a factor. Cause he's still a guy that like, he's like a 30 yards kind of guy, right? what do he have? Yeah. Four catches, 37 yards, two yep. touchdowns. I mean, I watched Travis Kelsey and it's like, you know, mid second quarter and he's got six catches for 78 yards. Like Fitzy wants to tell me that the Patriots weapons are all better than the chiefs. Okay. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Like he's on pace to actually be for five over 16 season before 64 yards, which wouldn't be close to a career high. Right. So, but the touchdowns, I mean, if he has 14 touchdowns or whatever yeah. it could, you know, in that range. Yeah. You're, you, you would take the touchdowns over the yards. Yes. And they need that. They need a red zone target. They need a, I, first of all, screw, screw the red zone. They need, I think Mac needs a guy and it's cliche, the tight end and the security blanket of a young quarterback, but he's that guy. And he's been the most consistent third down, go to Hunter red zone, go to Hunter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't want to diminish because I'm not big on the stats. So screw your stats. Like he's been a really important role to this offense and to this team and to, I think, the development. Like he could fall by the wayside as maybe Mac gets more comfortable. Like, okay, I can move on from you being just my guy like type thing. But he's been really good and he's we've talked about it. We had questions about um, what kind of a locker room personality was. Is he just a, you know hired gun or like he's fit in really well in the locker room like he seems to have a good rapport with everybody which is part of the team's chemistry and rapport and the way they've come together so i've been impressed with that all these free agents like you've mixed guys with different teams like rookies like they've meshed pretty well and i don't like i don't know who deserves credit for it it's definitely not just one person 
But I think Bill deserves part of that for bringing everybody together. The leaders of the team before, the, the McCordys, the Hightowers, the yep. David Andrews, those guys. Like, I Leader. think everybody yep. deserves credit for making it work because it's it usually doesn't. When the, the rest of the league adds all these the big money spenders, they usually don't win the following year and the Patriots have. And I want to be like, I'm a big believer that winning it's easy to have good chemistry, but they had good chemistry when they were one and three and two and four. And so it's not just the winning. In fact, you can argue the chemistry helped them get past the tough early stretch into now the easier stretch where it's winning. It's fun. And everybody's making plays. And it's also interesting in that I think they, in a lot of ways are all different. Like Ben Kendrick Bourne is unique. He's got an energy to him little cocky, little, you know, whatever, but it works. Nelson Aguilar smiles all the time, probably a little less talkative or actually more more quiet. Yeah. Um, They fit together. Teams have a big personality. Yeah, no, they, they, there's a unique, and I, and I I don't think anybody deserves credit for it. Quite honestly. I think it's coincidental, accidental luck. Um, Bill says that all the time. Like you can't, you can't create a team chemistry. You can't make a leader here or make a vocal guy there. Like it's how you, it, it's natural. It's just, it comes together. And I think they're very fortunate. Um, this, I said this weeks ago and Mutt made fun of me. Um, Cause he asked me like one thing that's not getting talked about enough. And I said, they have really good team, team chemistry. I think this was after the jets game. And I think he's like, yeah, team chemistry after you blow out the jet. And I was like, I don't know how good they are, how many games they'll win, how long, whatever I said, but it won't be because they don't get along or there's this awkward mm-hmm. culture. Like they like each other. It's genuine. I mean, maybe the best or one of the examples is the Jacoby Myers gets his first touchdown. Finally, monkey off the back. The whole team runs down. They're celebrating that whole thing. Um, we've talked about it with running backs that um, who was it earlier in the year? Stevenson scored, I think. And- Stevenson or JJ Taylor and Damian yeah. Harris was the first guy on the field. And like that group has always had a pretty good chemistry, but all of them. I, I don't, I mean, I don't see any places where there's this guy that's like awkward or doesn't fit in, or this position group doesn't see like they have a very good team chemistry. And it's been obvious since we talked about it in the summer with Mac and John and, you know, yep. Judon yelling at Mac when he's doing his press conference and like these things from afar on the training camp field. They, again, though, I, I personally now Patriots fans are probably like, this is Belichick. He knew their personality. It's why he yeah. signed them. Blah, blah. Okay, great. He also cool. signed that he needed tight ends. He told you two weeks ago, you can't manufacture tight ends. And he signed the two best tight ends on the market to above market value type deals. Like to sure. me that he knew their personalities would click was not a part of that whole discussion. Um, we should mention the running backs who Andre Stevenson didn't practice all week with the concussion came out hundred yards on the ground. And I, I still think he he's making every single week. He makes a case to get more carries, even when Damian Harris is healthy and in the line. It's funny because I think we're in the beginning of the Damian Harris era. We're also in the beginning of the end of the Damian Harris era, in my opinion. Damian you're Harris, all, is, you're already to relinquish the number one back to Harris and give it to Ramondre. I think it's a what do they say in that fancy phrase? Fate accompli. It's going to happen. Like. Even if Harris comes back and is good, they're going to sign him. They're going to give him any money. No, they're going to let him walk like they did Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, or one of these other thousand-yard backs. That's what, two years from now, though? No, it's the end of this year and after next year. Yeah. So after next season, so you start planning for the future soon. And I think he's 
uh, borderline. I want to get this. I could see that changing. That's a side topic. I, I think Damon Harris really likes the Mac Jones relationship. I could see him staying. Oh, well, he can just, if he just wants to take a veteran minimum uh, with like a little bonus. He, yeah. And he can back up Stevenson because I oh. think Stevenson might be better. I think Stevenson has more big playability and he can catch the ball. He can be a three down back. I'm all in on Stevenson. I would say that's accurate. But so, yeah, um, discussion for I have a, another year from now. Okay. Okay. Save it. Put it in the, you know, put what are they, the dorky business people? Put a pin in it and we'll circle yeah. back around. Uh, I do think there's a budding issue for Bill Belichick, a major issue that could uh, undercut his team. What? I got to think a lot of players are going to say, why don't we practice? JC Jackson doesn't practice. He picks off two passes. He should have been defensive player of the week. Ramondre Stevenson doesn't practice. He rushes for 100 yards, gets two touchdowns. What do we need to practice for? These guys are not practicing and we're playing great. And plus, it could even be more so this week. Short week, they're going to have to walk through. Maybe they win, they blow up. Why are we even practicing? Bill, we got an idea. The captains and I have come together and decided we don't want to practice anymore. I don't It's. I guess there's going to be something to it. I mean, like the, their past practices, they're comfortable, like the, the virtual stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I would keep practicing if I were them, if they want to yeah, keep their winning streak ro- rolling. Um, so I do. Um, so what I brought up earlier, I wanted to circle back on that a little bit. Like you can argue the Patriots are playing good football, consistent football. As I said, there's only one team with longer winning streak ahead of them. Teams are falling by the wayside, the Bucks, the Chargers. That, Although I will say, Fitzy's in all the world. You didn't kill the Chiefs. They didn't die earlier this season. They have a three-game winning streak. They put up points last night. Uh, they looked They're, good last night. They're back. To I wouldn't. Um, I I think the premature dancing on their grave and Mahomes sucks and they can't play and uh, Fitzy telling me that Travis Kelsey is a shadow of his former self and all these things. Um, look out for the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are talented enough to be there in the end. And the Bills bounce back from a bad game. That's the other thing. So. Well, Two they teams also, that I they think played the Jets. They lost to the Jags. It's true. So I still consider that a bounce back. And even though I know the Jets are putting up, um, Robert Sala uh, is probably freaking not sleeping because they're putting up hellacious defensive numbers, like historically bad yeah. numbers on defense. Um, so the the Bills and the Chiefs, I think, are starting to. I mean, they were the popular preseason picks in the AFC AFC title game. Obviously, Bills, Chiefs, rematch, that whole thing. And at various points, people have wanted to say, well, they're not that good. I still think the Bills and Chiefs are going to be there in mid-January. All right, so let's continue on that topic. Where do the Patriots fall? Like, where do you have them? Uh, AFC power rankings. I I personally think I would put them three right now. I would too. um, Now, Tennessee's a weird one. I was just going to say, like, Like, I don't want to say talk to me after the Titans game, but, like, they're such a – they, they can go out and lose. They lost the freaking Jets earlier in the year. Well, but everybody's doing that. Like, they're I know. Gonna, but they like, have the injuries. Derrick Henry. Like they're, they're a very weird team. They are a weird team in that they're winning when they could have started losing after the Henry goes down. Um, there probably will be some stumbles here at some point. But then if Henry comes back, you could start to overlook them because they're stumbling, let's say, in, Jan- in uh, December. And then if Henry comes back – Maybe they'll actually be a different team. So, yeah, if you made me – the way they are playing right now, everybody, because everybody's buying into the Tennessee defense, and Mm -hmm. we'll see what that defense really is. Yeah, the Patriots, to me, are right in that 
three to four. Like people will probably say, oh, you got the Chiefs ahead of the Patriots. Yeah. I, to me, the Chiefs are very close to the old Patriots. Yes. The regular season's almost irrelevant. Talk to me. They're going to be in January. I'm going to fear them because of their quarterback, their coach. Same thing their... we've always talked about the Patriots. You, you want to play your best at Thanksgiving. Well, look at the right. Chiefs. There they are. Right. Right. Um, and, but but the Patriots are playing good football. And I I don't discount the fact and the value that – so the, the Titans are winning. Can't take that away. Titans are winning. But they're not winning their way. They're not winning with their plan. Mm. The Patriots are winning with their plan. Yep. The way they built their team is the way they are winning. And I like that. Now, I still have doubts. The two major doubts that I'll have until they either win it all or lose and get eliminated at some point will be depth on defense. I still think, A, in the secondary, there's depth questions already. Well, about, even when, when Jalen Mills left in the opening drive, I was kind of like, eh, like you get Juwan right. Williams out there now, like that could be a problem. Correct. And then, and, but also every, like if Judon gets hurt or Barmore gets hurt or one of the linebackers gets hurt, I don't know that they have enough depth to get over it. And then offensively, this was a fun game. Everybody was contributing, making plays. Can they do that in January? And if they can't, do they have the guy to make a play when they need a play to be made? I have my doubts. Those would still be kind of my fatal flaw considerations, but that doesn't matter. For right now, mid-November, going into December, they're playing freaking good football. Yes, and like I kind of tweeted during the game, everyone was like, this was a statement win like the last four weeks, but like they're not statement wins. They're just, they're what they are. They're a good team. Right, Right. and like they're, I saw you, whatever they are, five-point favorite on the road over the Falcons. Okay, that's good. They are going to play the Titans a while ago. I would have seen the Titans as like the favorite as like, that's now I think it's kind of similar to the Browns game, two good AFC teams that I expect. And you're the home teams. You're probably going to be favored by a point or two, but a physical game, a dog fight. We'll see if, you know, a coach makes a mistake, a coach, you know, makes a great play, Josh, you know, blah, 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 whatever, however it plays out. You're neck and neck with them, even though they're ahead of you in the standings and the records and everything. So no, they've put themselves in a, a really good position and they've really distanced themselves from what they were, what some of the questions were a month ago. Yep. Um, so anything else you want to hit on before we wrap this up? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trent Brown returned. Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Yep. I mean, you're the host. You're supposed to keep these bullet points in line. I don't know. What's well, going I had on. them all lined up. And then we go, I didn't expect us to go full in on the AFC, which I like that topic. So, okay. Uh, but so Trent Brown, a couple things back out there. Started at right tackle, didn't play the whole game, rotated out, rotated back in. Played more than I um, thought, though. Yes, which is why I want to discuss one thing in a second. First, I want to discuss why he doesn't have to wear socks like the rest of the league, and I just see his massive – I wondered, is there any chance it was like a um, a calf thing? Like I, was thinking, show, I was like, thinking that, but, but why did he have it on both legs and not just one? I don't know. <laughs> I think he should be fine. I, like, I'm not trying to be a dink. Oh, go – fuck like – how come, like, the NFL has these guys on the sidelines whose job is to patrol the uniforms and what they look like? You know, and Trent Brown's just running around like the kid who forgot his socks at a Pop Warner game or something. <laughs> like, I didn't, I don't, I don't understand it. But anyway, um, more importantly, so Trent Brown starts. Michael Onwenu doesn't. He rotates in. He plays some tight end. Okay, that's great. John Smith was inactive, so maybe you even needed the extra tight end, even though you had Lacoste, Asias, whatever. 
what happens moving forward? Where does Trent Brown play? Where does Michael Onwenu play? Who are your top five guys playing? It's a tough decision, and Bill had some good things to say about Ted Karras today. And we're mm. too, he's been solid. Like, mm-hmm. I, and he's been – like, Ted Karras is no longer just a six-back, six-offensive lineman. He's an NFL starter. He started in Miami. He started some games here. So, I guess, do you – I mean, the decision is, do you move Onwenu back inside to replace Ted Karras and have Trent Brown play tackle? Or do you continue this rotation? Do you move Isaiah Wynn somehow? Like, what would you do? I would move Isaiah Wynn. I'm to the where? point where I, I, where, I, I to the bench? Uh, away from left tackle first and foremost, because I, I don't think he's a good left tackle. I just don't. It's not consistent enough. There's good plays, but there's too many bad plays. And bad plays at that position, like we saw it um, in okay. Carolina. We've Thank seen it. I want to play this out, though. You, we've talked about not moving parts. Now you're yeah. moving parts. You're going to move one of your right tackles to left tackle. Mm-hmm. You're okay with okay. that? It's only mid-November. We got time. See, right? I, I'm, I'm on board with it. And I, so you're saying you'd move Trent back to left tackle, have Onweno be your right tackle, and then keep Karras in the middle. And I think that actually well, makes no, sense. No, no, no. I would have Win now competing with Karras. Okay. We have an open competition for the left guard spot. Nothing is promised to the former first round pick and, and future. What's his money for next year? 10 points. Well, I was going to say that I was thinking like for the future, but wins contract makes that an issue. Well, not really. I bet you, you could trade him if you wanted to, you might not get great return, but I bet you, you could trade him if you want to move on from him. People always need offensive linemen, whether he's a guard or a tackle, he has versatility. I'm sure you could find somebody if you, you want one who is better at right tackle or guard. I think he's better at right tackle. I do too. Um, honestly for him like a business decision you want to stay out there tackles get paid more than guards especially now where right tackles are paid like i mean they're all paid crazy money i mean joe tooney just got left guard 80 whatever million dollar money so i guess it doesn't really matter but i think what Onwenu is unless he reaches true pro bowl status i don't like right tackles probably a little bit more beneficial for his bank account um I just, for me, again, it's about wins, consistency, whether it's play to play, game to game. I just don't see him as that consistent left tackle. And I've seen Trent Brown be that consistent left tackle in the past for the Patriots. So now the one question is, do you have any fear of the calf? Trent Brown talked about, he thought he was going to come back against the Bucks back way back then. Then he had the setback, blah, blah, blah. But if you have any fear then I think your question about moving everybody around and I'm not sure Brown's going to be there. So then if Brown goes down now is win back at left is on when to like, are you moving all those guys back? You're kind of jerking a lot of guys around there. Or do you just say Isaiah, when you're the backup tackle, that'd be interesting. Could do that. Boy. You're, you're the backup tackle. Like if one of those guys goes down, you're in. Not that any of this matters, but that would be like, well, Sony Michelle plays for the Rams. McGill Harry's a blocking wide receiver. Isaiah wins a backup swing tackle. Whew. Bill should really I, I just can't different. see Isaiah win moving inside right now. He like how many I can't think, really either just because he's even take any reps this year inside at guard. Probably not. Right. Or very few, maybe right. a, like randomly, but so, very few. So you, you think they just go back to the like the starting regular no, season? No, I don't. Now we're talking. I think I think when Jesus, been- I need you to say something. 
No, I'm saying I agree with you. I think that you need to keep on Wenu outside at tackle, and I think you're better off. Win is I think Win is your sixth offensive lemon right now. Any chance they just like rotate, and I mean no, like because they don't know they don't do that. No, they they don't, but they did. I I believe I'm going to need to check my dates here. So remember when they were a little bit more flexible with the O-line early in the, uh, the hell was that, 18 season? Remember like um, part of that Kansas City game was the freaking trombone player playing. And Jordan Devin. I believe. That was, 20, that was like, that was 2014. 14. Was that the first like round of Dante's retirement? I think Dante. Uh, yes. Yes, it was. Right. I think Dante Scarnecchia was a massive believer in continuity on the yes. line. I don't think Bill. But that's when they got, tough. that's when they turned it around though. They moved because Cameron Fleming was playing guard and they moved yes. him to tackle. Yes. But my point is, I think Bill is more open to less stability on the line in terms of trying to guys, roles, players, whatever. I think Scar was more. Five guys thinking as one, acting as one, same five guys, let them settle in. So I just wonder if Bill and, I mean, Carmen Brasillo has a voice or whatever in there. It's Bill's decision. It's very, very small, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think he knows that. I think he's well aware of his lot in life. But I just wonder if they'd be more open to that than if Dante was still the line coach, who I think wouldn't be as open to more flexibility and I, I hate that it's not like a sexy topic like who the hell wants to talk about offensive line talk and i think you know we get made fun of for talking but about it, it but but it also if they fall apart or or like, like it's a key part of the team and the scheme mm-hmm. and the offense and where they're gonna go and the plan you know they're playing as planned well part of the plan was we have a good veteran offensive line we're gonna have a we're gonna run the ball we're gonna protect mac just like they did early in the year with trent brown at right tackle they protected mac really well that's what i've heard anyway even though it was only seven plays but yeah say heard that on the radio won't say what station <laughs> i mean that's something to certain i guess we probably won't find anything out about it until the game thursday night what they do because the practice will be a walkthrough and whatever well, and i wonder will we even find anything then because it's trent brown short week just came back could be the, yeah it could be the same thing as this week yeah and then tennessee and moving on from there because you have that whatever the half buy or whatever buy, yeah then maybe you can figure out, and then when's the next buy, right? You have like right after that, after the Buffalo game, but you play two games and then you're off yeah. for a week. So in the next month, you have kind of weeks here where you have time off to then figure out exactly what you're going to be. But uh, yeah, well, a lot of offensive line talk. We didn't get to the fullbacks as much as we probably should. We'll save that for a future uh, podcast. Yep. But more importantly, the flashy, the sexy Mac Jones added to his rising star resume to the point where now everybody's oh he should have gone number two overall he's the second best this that but which i still don't know talk about putting a pin in yeah you can't you know yeah i don't know what his ceiling is i still am not sold he's a top five quarterback that he's going to be aaron Rodgers, tom brady russell wilson every year you're in the playoffs because you have mac jones kind of guy we can let that evolve and talk about that later but for the here and for the now he's really good all right uh, well another podcast this week what do you think wednesday probably was well, a game Thursday, so I would hope we would do it by Wednesday. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. 
Right. So probably Wednesday. And I don't, I don't think we need the back-to-back podcast. We want to let the simmer. Let the, let the, yeah, let I would the say there. maybe later, later in the day on Wednesday, game preview, wrap up the week, and then Friday with our jerk reactions. Uh, one early tidbit yep. um, that I think Bill was passing along from Atlanta. Obviously, Kyle Pitts, great young player. Everybody knew it. Some people thought he was the best overall player at his position coming out in the draft. He's proving it. Stud. And Bill, I think, was alluding to what they've been saying in Atlanta, but it called him a combination of Tony Didn't Gonzalez he and it. Julio. He said he no, agreed. I know he agreed with it. Yeah. But I think it was, I think he was taking something from it. But the fact that Julio Jones and um, Tony Gonzalez combination is what they're kind of referring to Kyle Pitts as tells you not only how good he is, but the he already has the respect of Bill Belichick and people like that. Yeah. Like, sure. So that'll be something to keep an eye on on a short week. We're raving about the defense. They have a unique challenge with Kyle Pitts. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you later in the week. and Enjoy this one. Another week where you should feel good about your football team. Damn right. Victory Monday. Talk to you later.